Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the 30 Days of Miracles podcast. I'm Felicia Michelle, and I'll be sharing personal experiences of miracles in my life, as well as walking through biblical miracles in scripture. We'll take a look at how God uses people in the delivery of miracles and how you can be a part of miracles. How you can be present and available to encounter or be a part of miracles by learning to listen and converse with God. So becoming kingdom-minded and encountering His presence and kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And guess what? It is day 25 of this series. It's pretty crazy and cool. And today I just want to talk about how Jesus shows up in others and in ourselves in a way, in such a, in such a way that other people recognize Him, notice and even call it out. So I think this is a pretty fascinating topic. And I just want to, it kind of like connects to the episode 24, talking about God showing up in our lives, manifesting in real tangible ways, and how that happens the more we encounter him in the miraculous ways that we do, and through his comfort and healing and all the things, but knowing him and growing in intimacy with him, and how that happens through pursuing righteousness and holiness rather than just not trying to do bad things or follow rules or do some religious thing, but just in seeking to honor and glorify him in what we do. And so that's the topic for today. It really excites me. I'm really interested in this topic. And I'm not only going to share uh, how Jesus showed up through me for another person. I'll give you one example, but it's going to be a different kind of example, which is, it'll be interesting, believe me. So stay tuned for this one. But the other two, in addition to that, I'm going to share two other examples of how I saw Jesus and other people, because for me, that was super meaningful. And I loved seeing that and being privy to like what it looks like to see Jesus in someone else before it happened in a different way with me, where it wasn't a compliment. (laughs) So it was an offense to the spirit in someone else. So anyway, I'm going to share all three examples. I don't have an example where my spirit was offended by Jesus and someone because I love Jesus. So this is the only way I could share that. So I kind of want to share both sides of the coin here. And yeah, so I think that'll be super exciting and, and for you to just kind of hear about as well because it was it's exciting for me to talk about. So with that said, let's get going. So the first example I'd like to give today, there's going to be three. It's one of my little trios, okay, of Jesus being revealing himself and being recognizable and represented in someone. So what happened first? So let's see. So I'm going to probably go to the first example, I think, was in the store. So I had gone to the pharmacy in the back of some store. I don't even know what it was, CVS or Albertsons or who knows, something like that that had a pharmacy at the back. And I wanted like melatonin, something to help me sleep at the time that it wasn't going to like be addictive. And I didn't want to get like sleeping pills or something. So, um, just to get me back, you know, regulated and more natural, like with my circadian rhythm and just kind of prompt that along. So I had gone to the pharmacy and asked for help, like locating it. And this girl comes around, she's behind the pharmacy, comes around and says, I'll help you. And she walks to the shelf in the aisle where we're going to go to get the, you know, supplement. And I seriously, I could tell she was a Christian. I can't even explain it to you except for, because all she said was, sure, I'll help you find it and walk back. It was her demeanor, but it was my spirit picked up on the spirit in her. That's all I can say. And I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but 
you know, I mean, sometimes you can pick up on the evil too, right? But this is like literally, it wasn't just like, oh, you're a nice person. It was like, oh, like it was, it was crazy. It was like, it really was like, I was taken back. I was like, oh, you're a believer. Like without even her saying anything, right? There wasn't like, she didn't say anything else yet. Just like the pill. Like maybe she said, here's where melatonin is or who knows. But I, I want to say, cause I can't remember. I know she said nothing else, but I can't remember if she said that after or before. Um, all I know is she said, I'll help you. She walks to the aisle and I picked up on it. So it wasn't anything she said. Um, it was just her demeanor and her spirit. And I just was caught off guard because I could tell Jesus was there. Like, and he's with me too, right? So that was what was so unusual. But I was like, oh, Jesus is with her too. And so it was blatant. It was obvious. She was like walking in the spirit as she was like helping me. I think that's what it was. It was like, it wasn't just like, she knows Jesus, but it was like Jesus, she was in the spirit at the moment. And I picked up on that because Jesus is in me. So recognizing the spirit, that's the same in both of you. I like, but hers was blatant where it's not like she immediately recognized mine. I was like, oh, I noticed yours too. Right. So I'm, I was just walking in my humanness, like looking for something, right. She was walking in the spirit. So it says something about her, but um, just in her daily thing, right. Her walk. And I just think that's amazing. And so I said, Hey, uh, you're a Christian, huh? I can like sense Jesus. And she was like, yeah, I am. I'm a believer, like blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so cool. And I was like, dude, I want to be that person who someone's like, oh, I recognize Jesus in you without me even talking. Like how amazing is that? Like, it's so inspiring. And like, just because not like, oh, it's an achievement or something, but it is, but like, just to be able to walk in that, like his presence around others and so being in it while you're in the natural world doing something like mundane or doing your job to be walking in the spirit at the same time so that you're easily recognizable you know jesus spirit in you to other others other believers or non-believers right and something different is about you and they want to know what it is and they ask right so that's my first example and i was just like wow i want that i want that all the time my next one is i was on a bus and gosh, where was I? I'm trying to think if I was like, I want to say I was like in New York or something, but I don't, that wasn't it. Where were, I don't even know where I was. But anyway, it's not really relevant to the story, but I was, there was like, it was something about going to an airport. I was going to an airport or coming back from because uh, the guy, the driver was helping people. He got up and like helped people on and off the bus with their luggage. And he did it with such joy. He did his whole job with joy unto the Lord. It was very obvious. I mean, there was nothing like so supremely joyful about lifting people's bags when he didn't have to. And he was just like full of joy, like radiating. And he, this person like was off, like off the bus getting on and he gets off and just like, Oh, let me get that. He jumps out of his seat, breaks the thing, jumps out of seat, goes, gets her um, luggage and then carries it up. He's like, so how are you today? And blah, blah, starts talking. I'm just like, Whoa, dude. And then after everybody's sitting down, I'm like, I got to ask, <laughs> like, you're, you know, you're a believer, right? And he's like, yeah, you know, like, and instantly they know what I'm saying, like a believer in what, right? No, he's like, yeah, of course. So he knew that I knew that I, you know, like I'm a believer and he's a believer. Um, but he was like, oh, yeah, I love the Lord, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, both times it was so like. I, I almost didn't need to ask, but I wanted confirmation. I was picking up on the spirit, you know, 
And so that's when I was like newer at like recognizing that. But those are the first two times where I literally saw not, I mean, not in the first times like ever, like there wasn't something like I remember Grace McKenzie in high school. I knew she was a Christian and I asked her because the way she acted, but this was like, so, I mean, yeah, in high school, I guess I picked up on that too, which is a little different because I didn't totally like, I just thought they're so kind or they, you know, maybe something they talk about, but it was like, it was different because it was complete strangers. And it was like, they didn't even have to talk at all. That's what, what it was. It was like just their demeanor alone. Like that, when I even tell this story, I'm just filled with like desire to be that, to be like a reflection of him. Cause like, you know, people talk about the potter and the clay or like, you know, he's, it's like a fire, like a furnace and he's polishing us like into the finest silver. And that's finest silver would reflect the perfect image of Jesus. And so like just sharing the story makes me, you know, want to be more and more like him. I mean, imagine being the one spoken about right now. Like what if those two people, like, I don't even, how would they know, but what if they heard the podcast and they were like, wow, that's me. I mean, imagine like how just edifying and just like, I don't know. Anyway. So I'll just move on. But the next idea is just amazing. Okay. I'll just leave it at that. But I hope that inspires you and just leaves you like wanting to be closer to God and let him be more and more present in your daily walk so that like you shine like that. It's so amazing. So, you know, it talks about in the Bible about being the salt, salt, right? Salt on earth and being a light. So, um, the third, anyway, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm going off in my mind thinking about all these things, but okay. So the third time was that this is the third one. It's going to be about me. So, um, well, I'm the one who somebody comments on, right. But this is a different kind of comment. And I wanted to share this because the two other things were like something I witnessed and picked up on and like saw the presence of God through them. Right. And this one is someone saw it in me, but he didn't like it. So I don't think we talk about this often enough, but the spirit, you know, and he talks about coming as a sword and like, you know, um, they persecuted him. So how much more will they, you know, persecute us and all this stuff, like the world and not living in the world, not loving the world. Right. And the world will hate us. And like, there's so many verses about this and you could just Google it or use a concordance or that study by or study commentary or whatever. But, and I'll try not to talk too fast. <laughs> um, we can, you know, we can have the spirit and it be so obvious that the spirit that opposes Jesus picks up on it and is offended and put off by it. So that's what happened at this time in my life. And for a while now, I would not date someone who didn't align with me. And I'm, I'm like even more strict now, you know, considering my daughter and like just where I am in my walk and, and my faith and just politics even, sorry, but like, there's a lot going on in this world. And I just would want everything to be in alignment. Like, I don't think I was very good at this a long time ago. Even if I dated a Christian, it, I wouldn't go deep into like, what are my goals in life and what, what are my values and do we align on those? Because I don't want conflict on the basics, you know? So it's not about, you know, being judgmental or, um, <clears throat> you know, not, I just have a, it's not about having a long list. I just have a set of things I want to align on. <sighs> life has enough challenges of its own. Let's just keep it at that. And it's important, especially spiritually, so that if everything did, like blow up in your life, you want to be the same, at least in your walk with God and like your faith and how that being your foundation so that you can move forward and grow together and get out of it together. Right. So anyway, we're not going too much into that. Um, 
yeah, at this time I had started dating this guy. He was introduced to me from some other friends. This is a long time ago. Gosh, I don't even know, like a long time ago, but I was young and, uh, and something had happened to lead up to this point. But I think it was something probably I said no to morally or something. And I remember just, you know, talking about Jesus and witnessing, but like talking about him and how I loved him and just like, you know, just doing certain things. And he was like, his spirit just all of a sudden it would flip. Okay. So he would later, he apologized. He said in the real deal. And like, you know, he respects it even if he doesn't, you know, um, believe in the same thing. And we'd be, we were acquaintances like years after we met up again or something and whatever. But um, you know, every once in a while we'd keep in touch. At least we did until a couple of years ago. So, I mean, that's like, I don't know, over 15 years or something, but in this time he picked up on it and something I said, you know, it just triggered something in his spirit, something about Jesus, something about faith or hope or love or joy. It was always talking about stuff like that. And he was like, he literally said, I don't like, are there, if Jesus is in you. I don't like the Jesus in you. Like what? <laughs> so he picked up on the Jesus in me, like his spirit and his spirit had something else. Cause he does have something going on where, you know, it's deceiving him right to the truth of the gospel. Um, and you know, things have happened in his life, like little traumas and stuff. Cause he's came from, uh, Bosnia and there were some things there, but he lives here. He's a citizen here, but he seriously did not, his spirit did not like the threat, right? Did not like the threat that the spirit in me posed. And it was that there is a righteous way to live and that God expects holiness, you know, not to have achieved it, but to be chasing after it, right? As a desire. And he wasn't doing that. He was serving himself. And so I wanted to add that and highlight that because you're going to offend people. And I would strongly, I would make a strong assertion that if you're not offending anyone, not by being rude or judgmental or casting stones, but if you're not offending anyone by living righteously and loving and, and speaking truth in love, but speaking truth, if there's no offense, I would question whether you're even like on fire for God, because I think so many people are want to be comfortable and they're like, Oh, it's a personal thing. But like, if you're not taking willing to take a risk and a walk out in faith and say, Hey, I'm willing to be hated for the cause of Christ. What are you going to do when times get tough? And like, you have to defend the gospel and, and, and be truthful with what you believe and stand up for what's right. Like, I mean, at the least be hated for your belief, be hated for your love of Christ, because if you're in the world and you're not hated by some and you're loved by all, I would say you're in the world. And I don't know, like you can believe in Jesus and God, even the Satan's, even Satan and his minions believe, right? And you can know about God in your head, but until you know him in your heart, until you're living that, you know, that's, that's where salvation comes in, right? So you know, once that transformation happens, like, and you're made new, there should be a sensitivity towards the things of God and, and to deny him in front of man, right? He talks about that and how, 
you know, he can deny you in front of the father. So anyway, I wanted to just kind of hit on that, but not get too deep because we're going to have, hopefully, not just believers, but non-believers here too. And I don't want it to be too scary. Like at first, you know, I don't want to get too deep into the like, not scary, but you know, heavy, heavy is what I mean. I don't want to get too heavy. I just want to, because the love of Jesus and the love of Christ is the most important thing. But there's some time, there's times where you're going to be challenged and you just have to be willing to take a stand because, you know, if you don't, your, your stand gets weaker and weaker. And, and I don't know how stable it can be if you never actually stand on it. Right. Um, and test the strength of it so you can build it where it needs building. So anyway, that was my three stories and I'm going to compare it to some stories in the Bible. I think I mentioned the, the story of transfiguration once found in Matthew 17 and Mark 9 and Luke 9. It's such, it offers such a profound parallel to the experience of having someone recognize the presence of Jesus. So that's why I wanted to mention it. Just touch on it a little bit and I'll give you another story. But in this story, Jesus takes Peter, James and John up a high mountain okay, where he is transfigured before them. His face shines like the sun and his clothes become as bright as light. And suddenly Moses and Elijah appear talking with Jesus. Okay. Like what? (laughs) Hold on. Rewind. Suddenly Moses and Elijah appear talking with Jesus. Like, whoa. And Peter, overwhelmed by the sight, suggests building shelters for Moses, Jesus, and Elijah. And then a bright cloud envelops them. And a voice from the cloud says, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples hear this, they fall face down to the ground in fear. But Jesus comes and touches them, telling them to not be afraid. Okay. And this event just like it showcases the divine nature of Jesus, right? But it emphasizes his unique relationship with God the Father. And the presence of Moses and Elijah symbolizes the fulfillment of the law and the prophets in Jesus. Furthermore, the disciples' experience of witnessing this transfiguration underscores the significance of recognizing Jesus as the son of God and listening to his teachings. So it's kind of how I see it similar in a way, right? Someone sees the presence of Jesus in us and it's a powerful testament to the transformative work of God in our life, right? In my life, in the woman's life, in, in the guy's life. And however that reaches those other people, right? And what significance that has for them. But it reflects the embodiment of Christ's love, his grace and truth through our words and actions, right? Leading others to recognize and acknowledge the presence of Jesus within us is a miraculous manifestation of God's presence and power. But I would add to that, not even our words and our actions, but our demeanor, our temperament, And it's almost like I feel it like, you know, when you have soap, you wash and if you don't like clean it off, like the soap off, there's this residue. I I don't know why I thought of it like this, but it's almost like you want to still have the residue on, right? Or like, or maybe it's that you want to wash and you could also say, I want to wash the residue all the way off so that Jesus is the one shining off my skin, right? But I kind of, when I thought of it originally, when I was like thinking about this, I was like, maybe it's like, you know, that that residue they recognize like what that is like having that soapy residue on them but maybe that's like really in the reverse you'd want to think about it I don't know that's just kind of like what I thought of initially (laughs) so I also want to tie this a little bit to yesterday's episode just talking about 
you know, recognizing Jesus living within someone or, you know, within me, within you, within the other person in the awe of God. I want to talk about tie that recognition in the awe of God to a healthy fear of the Lord because it talked about their fear, right? Like I, this may be like kind of like a profound perspective here, but that's, I, I tie these together because the for, fear of the Lord encompasses like reverential awe of his majesty and holiness and a deep respect for his authority and presence in our lives. Right. So people say, Oh, I'm scared. Uh, like he doesn't, you know, have the, you need a healthy fear of the Lord, but it's, it's more like reverential awe in my, 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 how I regard it. And like in his holiness, right. And a deep respect for his authority. Like you fear your dad, but you're not like shaking from your dad. You're like, Oh, you know, what's going to happen. You know how serious it is. And you fear not having his approval. You fear like not pleasing him. Right. But it's more like, um, in the Bible terms, it's more like, like a lot of the biblical context is fear of the Lord is associated with wisdom and understanding. Okay. So I'm going to give you a scripture right here, like Proverbs 9, 10. It states the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy one is understanding. So this fear here is not a terror, like dread of punishment, right? It's a recognition of God's sovereignty and righteousness. So in the same way, like I wouldn't want to like standing in front of that, but not being righteous, right? being present in that and not being able to not being worthy of that. Like, like, gosh, not having, I think a fear of the Lord too, is like a fear of not having him, of not being with him, like a fear of the repercussion of not having God, like being separated him forever. It's almost like the fear of the possibilities associated with God, but not, you know what I mean? Like, uh, sorry, it's like a rhetorical question in the middle of this, but I'm just like, what? really talking about it here. But when someone acknowledges the presence of Jesus in you or me or someone, it can evoke a sense of like awe and reverence for God's transformative power and grace, right? It serves as a reminder of the privilege and responsibility of being a vessel for Christ's love and presence in the world. And yeah, that's what it did when I when I personally witnessed the presence in other people, right? So similarly, like witnessing the transfiguration, right? Of Jesus on the mountain, filled the disciples with awe and fear. They were overwhelmed by his glory and presence, God's, right? And how it was manifested in Jesus. And that experience just deepened their understanding of who Jesus truly was and who God was, right? And instilled in them a healthy fear of God's majesty and power. It's not a, it's, but fear and trembling, yes, but it's like, it's not because you're scared. It's because it's so holy and being in that would just, it would like knock you out, right? So ultimately, the fear of God encompasses a profound respect for his presence in our lives, right? A recognition of his sovereignty and a desire to walk in obedience and alignment with his will. It's fear that leads to wisdom. It's humility and a deepening relationship with God, okay? All of these things come out of that like healthy fear, right? Because through scripture, it talks about holiness and sanctification you know, and that being the way to encounter him. And when you're in the spirit, you're going to recognize other people who are in the spirit. Right. And, and he's going to reveal himself to you. So I kind of thought, wow, this is like a perfect example of like how he reveals himself is through, right. That sanctification walking in the spirit and he'll reveal himself and literally through other people or in other ways that he encounters us in our life. So I truly hope that is at least a little helpful and makes sense. It's clear enough there, <laughs> just walking through it. I literally found myself like just in my head thinking about it. So I'm just going to go with it <laughs> and, and publish this first round. But 
Uh, I want to also draw, like illustrate a connection between holiness, righteousness, and experience God's presence by touching on the story of a Moses, okay, encountering God on Mount Sinai, found in Exodus chapter 33 and 34. And just real briefly, in this story, Moses, having led the Israelites out of Egypt, seeks a deeper experience of God's presence, okay? He pleads with God to show him his glory, and God responds by inviting Moses to come up the mountain. While on the mountain, God reveals his glory to Moses, passing by him and proclaiming his name. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, bounding in love and faithfulness. That's Exodus 34, 6. So amazing. I touched before on like the burning bush and Moses, right? But here, notice again, this is not just a thing at face value. Like we're talking here about God inviting you to go to a place, to go out into a place. And Jesus would do this often, right? Go out into, you know, the garden or go pray and go, go up the mountain. And so like in that same way, right, I would go on those God hikes and like get away and go be with Jesus and be with God and he would meet me there, right? So I think it's just important to note that not only can he reveal himself, but it, it takes an act on our part oftentimes, not always, right? Sometimes he does miracles to bring someone about to the faith, to faith and deliverance. But a lot of times there's, depending on, you know, where you are in your walk with him and that whole development. There's different phases of growth and, and you know, maybe actions you need to take in obedience or in faith, right? And I think it's important to note that he wanted to experience God's presence deeper. And so he went and he did something to meet him there, right? He pursued God, right? And doing that, you know, he's pleading with God show him his glory but he's responding to god's invitation to do something right and so obedience or doing some action so he's inviting moses to go up on the mountain so you can even go just you could probably do a whole study on this alone like just it's crazy and awesome so through this encounter of course moses experiences the tangible presence of god right in a profound way his face becomes radiant as a result of being in the presence of god Shining with the glory of God's holiness this is from Exodus 34, 29 through 35. So this story, I touched on a little just because it highlights the connection between holiness, righteousness, and experience God's presence. Moses' in intimate encounter with God on Mount Sinai came as a result of his pursuit, right, of holiness and righteousness and his desire for intimacy with God. So just in that same way, when someone recognizes Jesus in you or I, when you see Jesus or I see Jesus and others through their actions, their character, their, their presence alone, their, their like demeanor, right? It's a reflection of the holiness and righteousness that comes from being in relationship with God. And that's why I was so like, wow, I want to be like, just like that girl, right? As believers embody Christ's love and live in obedience to his teachings, they become vessels through which others can encounter the presence of God. I mean, that is amazing, right? It's important to recognize that not everyone is going to respond, though, like, wow, that's amazing, right? They're going to respond instead of positively. They're going to respond negatively, right, to encountering Jesus in you, like the person with me, right, who felt threatened by the mention of Jesus. Some individuals may resist or reject the message of faith or just whatever it is that's going on right then, right, with you and what Jesus is convicting them of in their heart you may not know what's going on it may not be words you say just like it wasn't words they said 
is coming to me right now to add this in, but it may not be anything you said. You may not say anything. Jesus may put a conviction in them that the other spiritual things that are tied to them are against, and they don't want that person to relent. And so a part of that person doesn't want to let go of some sin or something they're doing. And they just, that conviction, instead of heeding to it or listening to it, they want to push it out, right? Because it's cognitive dissonance or emotional dissonance or whatever that's going on. Like there's conflict arising and they have to like either take that in and change something, right? If they take that on or they have to reject it so that they can stay comfortable and where they are. Like you can't adapt these two viewpoints at one time is what happens inside of them, right? So this just highlights spiritual tension that can arise when encountering the presence of God. It, it'll expose a condition of one's heart and invite a response of either acceptance. Wow, it's amazing. And I want to, you know, do part of this or rejection of it and or you. So I think that like about summarizes that uh, without going too long into that. I'm just, I just love this topic. I really like theology type stuff. Um, but here are some verses that speak to God's holiness, the process of sanctification and experiences, pr- experiencing his presence, okay, through obedience to Christ. I'll leave you with a couple of these. First Peter 1, 15 to 16. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. And obviously we fail, but the striving is what he cares about, the heart, right? Not a checklist or grade points you can give yourself. Hebrews 12, 14, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to, and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. You can get really deep into that. I would love to do that at a later point in time. There are two like kind of buckets I heard someone, John Bevere, talk about with buckets of holiness, like two containers where one is like immediate holiness, like, you know, like he compared it to marriage. Like when you get married, you are married just right then, right? But there's also like another bucket where you're now molding your behavior to someone that what you should be like when you're married. Like now you don't like, for instance, flirt with other people or get numbers or whatever. So there's a state of becoming matching your state, like having your behaviors now match the condition or the having your heart and the condition of your heart match the situation, the condition of being married. And then there's marriage itself. So there's holiness and like you're made holy through Christ. And then there's also like justified through Christ, right? And there's also sanctification, the process of becoming more holy and chasing after holiness. Anyway, I thought I'd throw that in there. But so that's what when it talks about without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And then Romans 12, one through two. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will by being transformed and renewing our mind. And we can be able to actually judge what's right, right? Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Back in those days in the Old Testament, they made sacrifices of animals. They tried to sacrifice pure animals unto God. And then Jesus was a living sacrifice and sacrificed his blood as atonement for us. I'm going to add that. I just like added that in there for some reason right now. Um, John 14, 23, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. So I hope these verses emphasize the importance of holiness and sanctification in our lives, in the lives of a believer, 
and highlight the connection between obedience to Christ's teachings and experiencing the presence of God. That's what I truly want to do here. And I hope I was able to tie those together. As believers strive to live holy lives, conforming to the image of Christ and obeying his commands, they draw closer to God and experience his presence in their lives in a tangible way. Okay. So I hope that you draw closer to God and experience his presence in a more tangible way today and every day after as you strive to live a more holy life and conform to the image of Christ. And with that, blessings. We'll meet again and we will convene again (laughs) in the next episode.